God, God, we love you, and we are so thankful for you. We're thankful for, uh, for everything that you've given us, everything that you've provided us, God. We're thankful for a space that we can come, even this Sunday morning, and, and sing praises to your name, and open up your word, and to be able to dive into your scripture, and hear, hear from you. And so God, we just pray this morning, as we pray every Sunday morning, that you would speak through me. God, would it be, be a word from you to your people this morning? God, no one comes to hear from me. We all come to hear from you. God, we love you. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we are, believe it or not, closing out our series uh, called The Journey. And it has been a, I think it's been a good journey so far. Uh, five weeks went really fast, though. I'll tell you, this has been... One of those series that just was, it's been fun to prepare for, it's been fun to preach, and uh, it just went really fast for me. And so, but we've been talking uh, about holiness and about the way that God, would, God is calling us to live. And holiness, again, as we talked about in week one, is just is, is setting apart every single piece of our lives and dedicating it and giving it to God. Let, let God be the driving factor behind every single thing that we do in our lives. Holiness is, is the pursuit of God. Put plain and simple, holiness is the pursuit of God. And that week I had you pick something. And I hope, hopefully, over the last month, you have seen uh, that one thing that you picked, whatever it was, whether it was uh, uh, an emotion that you said, I want to I give this to God, I struggle with anger, I want to give this to God, or whether it was a, a spiritual discipline that you gave to God, or, or whatever it may have been. My prayer for you over the last month has been that you have seen progress in this area, that you can, you can see that from the day that, we, that you gave this over to God to now, it, it looks a little more like Jesus than it did when it started. Uh, this is the process of holiness. I think I might be in a dead spot. I'll step this way. This is the process of well, I have a, I have a tendency to find all the dead spots in my movement. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, this is the process of holiness. It's about dedicating our lives to God. And then over the next few weeks, weeks two, three, four, we begin to ask just some questions about holiness, uh, particularly regarding this one thing that I had you had you think of. Because the, the first question was this: What if I fail? I have given God this part of my life. What happens when I fail? And we looked at Paul and in 1 Corinthians, the call for repentance and, and godly repentance, which leads to life, Paul says. The, the importance of repentance is, is huge. So we talked about that week. Week three, we asked the question, what about my past? What about the, the person that I used to be? And again, we looked at Paul, this time in Romans chapter 6, and said that, that we're not defined any longer by this part of who we are. We're not defined any longer by our past. We are defined by our identity in Christ. Our identity in Christ is, is all that matters now. We have been shown grace. We have been given salvation. This is, this is who we are. Well, Pastor Chris, last week, what about the hard times? What about when I go through hard times? And last week we looked at Job and we looked at James and we, we read the, some of the hardest words in Scripture. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through trials of many kinds. What? Right? Like, and so we, we unpacked that a little bit last week and, and unpacked this, 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 this testing process which purifies us that in the moment, it seems like our world is just crashing in, but we see just a small glimpse of what God sees. 
And God has, God has a purpose through the pain. God sees this, and, and he can, he, this testing process that we go through. What about hard times? Well, it's in those hard times that we learn to depend on God and draw closer to God. So this week, I want to just ask the, kind of the final question, maybe two questions. Why? Why? Why, why the call to be holy? Why should we strive for holiness? What is, what is the point and, and how? Those are the questions that I want to I talk about this morning because you may have walked away during one of these weeks that we've been talking about holiness and went away and thought, man, this is, just seems really hard. I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I have it within me to do what you're asking me to do, Pastor Chris. And I just I want to say this morning, not only can you do it, you are called to do it. Not only can you do it, you are called to do it. I, I remembered a story this week as I was preparing about a family who found uh, an eagle. And this is just a, just, this is not a true story, just so you know, just ahead of time. But it's a family who found an eagle. And uh, looking around, they didn't see a mother, they didn't see a nest, they didn't see anything. And so the bird looked hungry. And so they took this eagle back and they put it in the chicken coop with, with their chickens. And this eagle began to, to live like a chicken. He ate like a chicken, he clucked like a chicken, he flew, quote unquote, like a chicken. And one day this chicken, this eagle, (laughs) one day this eagle looks up in the sky and he sees an eagle with his wings spread just soaring in the wind. And he looks up and he says, I look like that bird. I can make the same sounds as that bird. And one of his chicken buddies, I don't know how he does it with his wing, maybe wings him instead of elbows him. He says, don't even think about it. You're a chicken. You've always been a chicken. You will always be a chicken. There's no point. And so that eagle became okay with the mediocrity that a chicken life provided him. He was built to soar. He was created to soar on wings. He was was created to be up in the clouds like that eagle that he saw, but he settled for the mediocrity that a chicken life would offer an eagle. And I I was just thinking about this story this week. I began to just think about our lives and our journey and our pursuit of holiness because sometimes I think what we see is we look up and we see what God is calling us to. We know what he's calling us to do. We know that he's calling us to go up. We know that, that he is calling us to go and to soar up in the clouds. We know that God is calling us to do some amazing things with our life. But sometimes we just get so content with the way things are now. And so we begin to ask ourselves, why? Why, why would I even want to live this holy life that God has called me to live? Why, why does this even need to happen? And so this morning, I, I want to I close out our series, but I want to I close where we started. So I want to close in 1 Peter this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1. If you're in one of our pew Bibles, it's on page 857. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> 
And we're going we're to read our, our passage that really started this whole thing off, starting at verse 13. And we're going to maybe go back a little bit. <clears throat> Here's what it says. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. This is how we started off our series as we were talking about holiness. This is the passage that we went to. But I, I ignored purposefully, knowing that we would come back to it, this very first word. Therefore. Now, when I was in, when I was in school, I had a professor that always used to say this, this phrase, and it, it's cheesy and it's cliche, but here's what he said. He said, whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, you have to ask, what's the therefore, therefore? You have to go back and you have to see what he's pulling from, because putting that word in there, saying therefore, he's pulling from something. He's saying, because of this, because of what I've just read, because of, because of what I've just written to you, this is true. And so I want to I wanna go back. I want to see what Paul is basing this call to be holy off of, because I think it'll help us answer the why that we're asking this morning. Why, why should we be holy? Well, why is Paul calling these people here, or why is Peter calling these people here to be holy? Let's go back. Let's start at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have, to su- may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls." Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that had now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore... Why? Why is Peter calling these people to be holy? And you look at the first, or these verses 3 through 12, and this is all about salvation. This is all about grace. This is all about salvation. And honestly, all, even all the verbs in this, if you look at the original language, all the verbs in this passage are indicative verbs, which means this. It means that every single verb in here has already been done and it will always be done. It will always be true and it is true now. So what is Paul saying? 
Paul is saying, look, we have new birth into a living hope. This is already true. And this will always be true. He's saying, we have, we're, we've been born into an inheritance that will never spoil, perish, or fade. This is true. This is already true. We've been shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation. This is true. This will always be true. This, this truth, when it's true when your faith is tested that it results in praise and glory and honor for God. This is all true. And it's because of this truth. It's because of this, this new life. It's because of all of this that Paul is answering the why. Why should I be holy? Because look at what God has done in your life. Why should, I, why should I live the way that God is calling me to live? That, this is a hard way to live. Oh, is it really hard? Because look at what God has done for you. And in response to all that God has done for you, we live holy lives. You have a new identity. You have a new life. Everything that he is in exchange for all that you are. God loves you. And because of that, we are called to live these holy lives lives. Why do we live holy lives? Because we're called to, but it's in response to the grace and the salvation that is offered to us through Jesus Christ by God the Father. This is why we live holy lives. What's interesting is that this, this therefore represents not only a shift in, in kind of what Paul is talking about, he's saying because of all of this, then this, but even just the way he writes after this therefore is different. Like I said, the, the verbs and the tenses that he uses in, in this Greek language, he's, he writes them as if they're already true in the, in the first passage that we read. But, but once we get to verse 13 and he says therefore, the verb tenses shift. Not to what is already true, but not from, not from the, uh, into the imperative tense. Which is basically a command. Now, because all of this is true, and all of this will always be true, now here's how you respond. Here's how you respond. So there's the why. He gives us the why. We just didn't read it in verse 13 because that was the therefore. That was what the therefore was there for. But how? Therefore, in light of all of this stuff, in light of what God has done for you, be holy, but how? I think he gives us a, a good kind of list here, even just in this passage. Right, he begins this, this verse 13 talking about just making sure our minds are prepared for what we are going to do. Right, it's a, there's a sense of preparation here. Right, and in verse 13, make sure your, your minds are alert and fully sober. If you're reading in our pew Bible or some of the older NIVs, it says, prepare your minds for action. Some of the other versions say that as well. Probably one of my favorite versions is, is actually the King James. I don't say that very often, and you know that. But one of the, the King James is one of my favorites. It says, gird up your minds. Gird up your minds. 
Now, this, this is like an imagery here of, you know, back then they wore kind of long, flowing robes. And so if you wanted to do anything and you wanted to do it with any sort of haste, you would, you would pull up your robe and you would have to, to tuck it in to your belt. This is exactly the language here. So he's saying, hey, this is, this is going to take some work. This is not going to just be easy. Make sure your minds are alert. Make sure they're sober. Make sure you're prepared for action. Gird up your minds. Tuck, tuck your robes into your belt and let's go. This is what it takes. This is, this is the first step here, this imagery there. I, I love this. It even, even reminds me of Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, there's a, there's a therefore there as well. Throw off everything that hinders. Throw off everything that hinders and run with perseverance the race marked out for you. How does he finish that? He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now, Peter here isn't, he's not saying it in the same way here, but he's saying keep your minds alert, keep them sober. Now, what would a sober mind, this isn't a, this isn't a don't drink passage, by the way. Keep your minds sober. It's talking about make sure there's nothing in your mind that is distracting you from what you should be focused on. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Keep your minds alert. Keep them Sober, be ready, is what Peter is saying here. How, how do we live a holy life? Well, we need to be ready. We need to be ready for this. We need to have our minds prepared. It says, set your hope fully on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Set your hope fully on this grace. Right? Not only should we be keeping our minds alert, fully sober, make sure our minds are focused on what matters. <clears throat> make sure our minds and our minds we're thinking about the things that God would have us think about. Make sure we're focused. Make sure our, our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. But we need to set our hope on Him. Set our hope on this grace that is to be revealed. I know I can trust God. I'm confident that I can trust God. Why can I trust God? Why can I set my hope in the grace that is to be brought by Jesus Christ? Because I know that God is who he says he is. He can do the things he says he will do. I trust him. I'm confident in him. I put my hope in him. This is all a, kind of a process of preparation in our minds and in our hearts. It's, it, you're right to think if, you've, if you went home any of these weeks and you said, man, Pastor Chris, this is not easy. In fact, this is hard. You are 100% right. This is hard stuff that we're asking you to do. This is hard stuff that God is asking you to do. God is asking you to be holy because I am holy. God is asking you to dedicate your heart and your mind and every single part of you to him. This is not just easy stuff that he's asking you. But he's asking you. So we need to be prepared. Because you never know when something is going to come and test. I think a great example of this is in the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel is basically chosen. He's pulled out of, of his people. The king has, has pulled him and a few people out and, and basically in an, in an effort to convert them into the ways of the Babylonians, he's teaching them all of the literature and all of the language of their culture. 
Remember, they've just been, they've basically just been taken over, and this king has said, but I want a few of you to come, and I want to, I want to essentially convert you. And, and actually, he, he treats them pretty well. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 5, he says, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. So he pulls them out, and he's treating them well. He's giving them food and wine off of the king's table. Right, they're, they're being, they're comfortable. And it goes on, among those who were chosen were some of Judah, some from Judah, Daniel, who we're going to talk about, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, the chief official gave them new names, to Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now, I was thinking about this this week, about having our minds alert and fully sober and continually focused on what matters, continually focused on God and what God would have us to do in a situation. Now, Daniel, you could argue that this is not necessarily a bad thing that he's going into. He's being fed well. He's, he's being taken care of. But verse 8, I'll, I'll read this again. Daniel resolved. Sorry, dead spot. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Daniel understood that there was something to fight for here. Daniel understood that by taking part of what the king was offering him, even though it isn't a a bad thing necessarily. That's not what God wanted for him. And so he asked for permission. I, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to defile myself in this way. I know what God has for me and this is not it. So I'm going to do something different. Now, how many of us would do the same thing? How many of us are, are so focused on what God has for our lives, that we would do the same thing in the same circumstances. I'm not sure I would. Daniel understood that he was, essentially, his mind was, was ready for battle. And sometimes I don't think we even realize that we're in a battle. <clears throat> this is what it means to keep our minds alert, keep them fully sober, set our hope on, on things above, set our hope on the grace to come, when Jesus Christ is revealed at this coming. Set our hope. Keep your minds alert. Keep them fully sober. Daniel was ready. So we need to be prepared. I think that's pretty clear from what Peter is saying here. We need to be prepared. Keep our minds alert. Keep them fully sober. Keep them prepared for battle. Gird up your minds. I don't know what version you have, but it's, it's essentially saying the same thing. Be prepared. Be ready. But the next part is, is just as hard, equally as hard, we need to obey. And we need to repent when we're not. And First Peter says, don't conform. As obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Don't conform to the ways that you used to live in. 
there needs to be an act of repentance. A continual repentance. It says this is just even just a remembrance, you could even say, but a repentance of this is who I was, but this is who I am. I don't want to be conformed any longer to the ways of, of this way over here. I don't, I don't want to be conformed any longer to the ways in which I used to live. But be holy in all you do. This is who I am now. This is my life now. This is my identity now. So I'm going to be holy in all I do. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a thought of obedience there. Be holy in all you do. See, holiness is... Is godly. I, this even just reminds me even a little bit of, of Romans chapter 12. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Be holy. You know, how do we know what God wants us to do? Well, even Romans chapter 12. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't conform to the way you used to live. He's echoing Peter here, or Peter's echoing him. Who, it doesn't really matter. They're saying the same thing. Don't conform to this pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Follow God and be holy. So why? Why, why be holy? First of all, because we're clearly called to be holy. But second of all, because, man, God has just blessed us. God has saved us. God has shown us grace and love and mercy like we did not deserve. And so because of that, in light of God's mercy, in light of God's salvation, in light of God's grace, we have this therefore. That's the why. But how? We need to be prepared we keep our minds alert. We need to keep them fully sober. We need to keep them prepared for action. How, how do we do that? Well, we need to be in this book. We need to be in communication with God. Keep our minds prepared. But we need to obey. So be holy in all you do. There's not just be holy. Be holy in all you do. There is a, there is a, there is a sense of action here. That there has to be holiness in, our, in the way that we live, in our actions. There has to be obedience here. Why be holy? Because, man, look at all that God has done for us. How do we be holy? Prepare our minds and go. And if we can dedicate all that we are, every single part of our being, of who we are, every single part of our lives to God, and we pursue that holiness, then this journey is going to lead to righteousness. It's going to lead to holiness. It's going to lead us into the life that God has for us. This is what the journey is all about. My prayer is that over the last month that you have you have started, if not continued, this journey towards holiness. That you have given God a piece of who you are, a piece of, of who you want to be. And just dedicated it to him, given it to him, and that you've seen change in this area. And I hope that it has given you hope to continue in this journey. Even though we may not 
talk about the journey all the time. This journey is an ongoing journey. Your, your journey doesn't stop because my series is over. The journey keeps going. And we keep dedicating. We keep giving pieces of our life to God. And God continues to transform and change us and make us holy into the people that he has chosen us to be. This is the journey. Let me pray. God, we love you. God, we give you praise. We give you thanks this morning. God, you are holy. We lift up your name as holy this morning. We lift up who you are as holy this morning. And God, we, we hopefully this morning will answer your call to be holy because you are holy. God, we know this journey, this, this journey to holiness is not an easy journey. It's not a walk on the beach. God, there are hills, there are valleys on this journey. Would we just continually focus on you? Would we fix our eyes on you? Would we fix our eyes on your son Jesus? Would we, would we see him as an example of our faith and we follow that lead, God? God, we give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And just hold your hands out and just receive this blessing this morning. May our God, our holy, perfect, loving God, may he be with you this week. May he go ahead of you, be in your conversations, in your workplaces, in your schools, wherever you may find yourself, and may he guide you and direct you. May he, may he show you what holiness looks like, and may he lead you in that way, and may you make a difference in your community, wherever that may be. Go in the peace and the love of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning.